Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode one of MSTA Presents. Uh, we are going to start back up our uh, podcasts, which it's been probably eight to nine years since we did our last podcast, but things have changed a lot. If you listen to episode zero, you know why we, uh, we decided it was time and uh, why we decided to go ahead and try to do something uh, again with uh, audio. So our first ever guest, uh, Matt Michelson, he's our director of education policy, uh, was willing to uh, come in and uh, talk to us this summer. Hi, Matt. Todd, I'm honored to be the first guest. I make it sound like you don't work during the summer, but that's not true. You're, you've been here every day this this week alone. So, uh, and and I know you've been around all summer because uh, this is going to be a busy summer, moving into an election cycle and elections in August. Um, and and for you, that started what two weeks ago? Yeah, well, actually, it started pretty much um, the day filing closed <laughs> okay. for candidate office. So, still Back in while, while we were in January session. Or- yeah. Uh, so yeah, in in March. March, okay. In March, so we uh, kind of start our impact process in March after candidate filing closes, and uh, we've been working on uh, impact and election uh, materials and information for the committee uh, for the last uh, few months. So two weeks ago on Saturday, almost two weeks ago, the committee met, and and what happens during that meeting? I don't know if everybody understands the process. Yeah, so I think probably it's important just really to go back and and kind of let everyone know what what is the uh, MSTA Legislative Impact, Impact Committee and what do they do? Uh, who are they? How are they formed? You know, what what's the purpose behind it? So I, I think it's kind of important to go back and see why does it exist and and what do they do? So with that in mind, you all met on uh, Saturday and you are looking at the applications from candidates, correct? That's right. So our committee is made up of 10 members, one MSTA member from each of our 10 regions. Um, So those 10 members uh, make all the decisions on endorsements and financial support for candidates. And so uh, they meet and they met on a Friday night and a Saturday morning, probably about six to seven hours in total uh, to go through all of the races. Uh, and how they do that is they look at, uh, like I said, in, in March when candidate filing closes, uh, we send out surveys to every filed candidate. So every single candidate that files for office in the state legislature. And some will send back applic- our surveys or applications, some won't. That's right. And um, the impact committee only makes endorsements in state legislative races. So only in races for the state house and state senate. So the committee made their decisions. Um, and how can people find out kind of what they decided? And, and, and right now we're just talking about for the um the election in august correct yeah the primary election um so yeah so they'll look at the surveys and uh compare the surveys that they get back to the incumbent records so uh, the actual voting record of uh of of the current state representatives or senators if they're in office Uh, and so they'll make their determinations and again uh, that's all member driven um, and so that that impact committee makes those decisions Uh, and for the august primary they made endorsements in 10 senate races 10 state senate races and in 72 of the 163 uh, state representative races okay um how can members find out what the decisions were 
uh, what, what the decision of that the information was sent out uh, Wednesday okay in the in the weekly uh, MSTA email yeah so yesterday uh, we sent that out and if and then we'll also have that posted on our website uh, and, correct and we'll be sharing that information out beyond just what we saw in, in weekly update this past week and depending on the race and how competitive it is uh, and kind of what the impact committee wants to do uh, members may see additional items uh, mail uh, receive a phone call uh, maybe see web ads, things like that, just kind of depending on what resources the impact committee wants to, to utilize. So um, they do a lot of hard work, uh, try to stay involved uh, in all those elections uh, and give MSCA members a resource to say, these candidates have been vetted on education issues. Uh, here is who the impact committee believes um, MSTA members should vote for. So, and, and that's an important distinction. They're focusing on education issues only when it comes to these candidates, the, the candidates that we ended up endorsing or that the impact committee recommended that we endorse, correct? That is correct. So they look at solely education issues. And I know whenever I speak to any of our members, I always go back to our MSTA adopted resolutions. Um, and that's, that's what the impact committee uses as their guide as well. So uh, the candidate surveys, the questions on there are aligned to uh, the MSTA adopted resolutions and the legislative priorities. So is there anything else you want to talk about um, in terms of the impact committee or any of the uh, endorsements that they made so far before we jump into? I think just, you know, the election's right around the corner. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it, but uh, it's important to stay engaged and, and get to know those candidates. Um, and, you know, if you have questions, you can always reach out to MSTA. Uh, but again, you know, those are those are candidates that have expressed interest in receiving an MSTA endorsement and um, have said that they'll support uh, Missouri's teachers. So you and I haven't talked since the end of the legislative session. Of course, we updated everyone with uh, what happened. Uh, we tried to make sure we got that information out in a, in a timely manner. But typically, we have a conversation. It's A lot of times, it's video. We decided to go just audio. We uh, needed a breather. <laughs> uh, this, this was a challenging legislative session. Uh, or not, maybe it was fun. Maybe it was the most fun you've ever had in a legislative session. It, it seemed long, Todd, yeah, but, okay. um, <laughs> but but it was good. And we had good member engagement throughout session with our call to action on uh, open enrollment, uh, as well as good attendance on our capital visits, which uh, it's always good to, to be able to interact with MSTA members and uh, to get that back sure. after having a couple years of either canceling or going virtual. Uh, it was great to have members in the Capitol again. Yeah, the, those stop starts that we had to do over the last two years and just not even being able to have uh, members around to, to talk to and have them engage and, and have dialogue with our uh, legislators, that was that was frustrating, it was challenging, but it was the way things were, so. And I think ultimately, you know, I think there were some disappointments this session, um, but largely there was a lot of progress that was made. Um, and and support for uh, not just public education, but for teachers in, in, in general as well. Can we talk about the budget a little bit? Only because, I, I mean, I know we're going to, but it was uh, drastically different in terms of the monies that we had and where those monies were spent compared to, I mean, any other budget I think I remember in my time and tenure with uh, Missouri State Teachers Association. Yeah, and I think we have to really go back to the beginning of session. Um, it's kind of, uh, easy to forget that when we started with the legislative session the state had not passed any of the um, federal 
uh, coronavirus relief money, the ARPA money. And, um, you know, that was kind of against the deadline when the legislature passed that. But that was about $1.2 billion mm-hmm. um, that went to uh, school districts throughout the state uh, to kind of uh, support learning loss um, and add additional resources uh, to our public schools. So that was kind of federal money right at the beginning of session uh, that the legislature got done. Uh, it was sure. a little later than yeah. kind of under we're, the wire. but the last state? I believe we yeah, were, but yeah. you know that they got it done. Uh, that's and that that's that's what matters. So, I one of the significant parts in, in terms of education and the budget uh, that I, I don't think people recognize how significant it is is transportation. Yeah, when we uh, got later in the session, you know there were a lot of talks about adding additional resources to the. Uh, second budget bill, which is for uh, education. Uh, education related expenses and you know there were a number of items that were added into the budget and one of those was fully funding transportation Uh, and that the way that the transportation reimbursement works is that the state actually reimburses uh, local districts for the cost of transportation transporting transporting yes students students thank you todd yeah Uh, and so that, that's supposed to be 75%. So the state's supposed to reimburse 75% of that cost to local districts. Now, for 25 years, the yeah. state has not even been close to that. That's why I've been with MSTA for about 22 years. And so that's when I talk about significant changes. That's in, in my tenure here, that's one of them. Yeah, never under the new formula has it been fully funded. Uh, and so it was underfunded by $200 million. Yeah. And so the legislature fully funded that line this year. Um, and so that's going to add significant resources to, to, to a number of districts. Um, I mean, it's going to be different for each district depending on what their transportation costs are. But they were being reimbursed about 40% of their transportation costs. So they're going between the difference of 40% and 75% of their transportation costs getting reimbursed. So. Uh, you know that frees up that frees up money in districts um, to utilize for for other purposes, and I, we started to see that uh, at the end of uh, uh, the the school year this year when um, districts were trying to decide to do with their with their monies, knowing that that was coming in and that was a part of the form or part of the the budget itself. Um, what were some of the other elements that um, were that kind of fell into that the budget uh, that that were affected that were education related? Well, I think early on in the budget process, the governor had introduced his plan to create a grant program for districts to use to uh, raise the minimum teacher salary. So to uh, raise that to $38,000 and districts would pay 30% of that cost to raise from what they were up to 38,000 if they were below 38,000. And then the state would pay 70% of uh, of the cost to do that. Um, so, you know, throughout the budget process, went back and forth. Actually, at one point, the House had got rid of that program and they put that money towards career ladder funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once the budget went to the Senate, the Senate decided that they wanted to fund both of those programs. And so ultimately, both that $38,000 minimum grant program as well as career ladder were both funded. Uh, and so I think that 
that's not a perfect plan. That's not the plan we would have come up with mm-hmm. to increase uh, teacher salaries, but it's a step in the right direction. Sure, it's it's more than we've seen in the last decade, really, um, or or longer, and uh, it's we we needed to start somewhere because we need to start moving from that direction. And it's certainly we recognize it's not going to help every school district, and there are some districts that are not going to take advantage of those monies because of how it will affect all the teachers in the district. Yeah, and and I don't know that there's a perfect plan, uh, but you know that's. That's what ultimately passed the legislature, and uh, it is a significant um, investment mm-hmm. of additional resources to to education. Um, so, you know, that's that's certainly a direction that we're going to have to continue going. Yeah, I, uh, it, I mean, moving forward, we need to make sure that that's not one-time money. When I think you know that's that's been said a lot that that's that's one-time money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one-time money. You know, I, I think. If you look at the state budget, everything is one-time money. Everything is one-time money. Every year, every you know, you have to go back through the entire budget process. You start from a little bit, start from zero. Then, and, and, and so you know, the the formula, it's not a guarantee that that's fully funded. We've had years where that's been underfunded. Mm-hmm. Transportation was never fully funded, and so you know, once we're we're going to have conversations even before session starts about. You know, making sure that there's money included to continue uh, that program and, and build uh, a more long-term solution to increasing teacher yeah, salaries. I, I think it's important to recognize that our goal as an association is not just to uh, increase the minimum teacher salary for um, incoming teachers, but to increase the average teacher salary for all teachers that teach in the state of Missouri, all MSTA members. That's right. Teachers and all of our good support staff. Yes. Um, You know, our support staff, our bus drivers, um, you know, a lot of those areas where schools are having difficulty hiring and retaining people. Um, You know, if it's your custodians, um, food service. And so when we look at salaries across over 500 school districts, we know there's issues across the state. And it, it's not uh, as easy as just saying it's only rural districts that are having recruitment and retention problems because they're seeing suburban and even urban issues mm-hmm. um, where it's getting more and more difficult to find qualified uh, educators that, that will, will work in those districts. We, we started to see some of those issues crop up um, in May. And we started to hear about districts that are already trying to figure out what they're gonna do come August for some of the positions that they still need to fill because um, they're not ready. Um, is there anything else in terms of the legislative session or the budget or anything else that we need to, to talk about that we, we haven't had the chance to talk about yet? Yeah, I think if we go back and look at that kind of final action from from session, um, it's, a, it's a good uh, summary of where where things left off and bills that passed. There was one um, very large bill that passed, uh, kind of an omnibus education bill that they wrapped a number of yeah. issues into, and that was Senate Bill 681. What, can you talk about some of the, I mean, there were several parts that, that are elements within that bill. Is there anything that you want to highlight or talk about from that omnibus bill? Uh, I mean, I think there's a number of issues that were in there. It started out as, um, as a reading bill mm-hmm. uh, to kind of change some of um, our reading instruction laws, supports for students. Um, and, you know, that 
had been filed over a number of years and there were a lot of changes made to the bill uh, and i think we got um we got more and more comfortable with the legislation as the senators were able to meet with individual groups and we were able to take members concerns to the senators uh, and i think really that legislation not only um, will benefit students uh, and give more direction to school districts uh, but i think the important thing is going back to the budget there's funding included to support that and so they put 25 million dollars towards improving reading instruction and we know from other states that have kind of made changes to their reading instruction that when they put money behind that, they really saw big progress. And so uh, I, I think that was important that not only did the legislature commit to changing it and taking input from, from kind of all the interested groups, but also making sure that there was funding for it. Is there anything, I mean, we know there are challenges that we'll be facing in the uh, next legislative session, things that may not have passed now, discussions that uh, were around the edges of education, maybe not even necessarily dealt with the, uh, the business of education itself, but certainly around the edges. And we know that we're going to have to face some of those things in the future, but for all that is the elections. Yeah, I think, um, you know, next session, you know, this, this year, we had an open enrollment bill um, that passed in the House, uh, but ultimately did not pass in the Senate. And so I think that we'll see that legislation come back. And so we'll continue to educate our members and uh, encourage them to reach out to their um, elected officials to kind of say, you know, this will, this will impact our students, it will impact our schools, and it will impact our communities in a negative way, and here's why. Um, and so we'll continue kind of that outreach. Um, and then uh, I think we're always looking at the legislature, um, as we mentioned with the recruitment and retention uh, issues, uh, making sure that there's not um, legislation that would pass that, that might weaken the profession uh, weaken standards uh, for the profession. And so that's always important as well, making sure that the retirement system remains strong uh, and that teachers um, you know, maintain all the rights that they, they currently have. Um, we're, we're gonna wrap up here in a minute, but before we do, we should probably talk a little bit about the uh, Dusty's, uh, the Blue Ribbon Commission. Yep, so the commission, uh, the State Board of Education uh, convened a Blue Ribbon commission on teacher recruitment and retention uh, and we've been sending information out about that to, to members uh, really since about the middle of session so maybe march or mm -hmm. april when the state board announced it um, kind of disappointing uh, in that a lot of the education groups throughout the state have kind of been closed off from participating in that it's made up primarily of business leaders primarily primarily business leaders there are two uh two educators on it two of the uh former teachers of the year uh are on that but then uh, about 15 business leaders um and then i think a school board member um we did attend the first meeting of that uh and we'll continue to go to uh to the meetings to see kind of what comes out of it um, they have a kind of outstate group that's that's running it called the Hunt Institute. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that they have used uh, quite a bit of the data that we've compiled uh, to give to the uh, commission 
for kind of their background information. So surveys that we've yeah. done from our members um, and then information from our um, salary, uh, salary research as well. We, yeah, we appreciate the response we get from those surveys. I mean, when we send out a survey and end up with 3,000 responses and, and 3,000 open-ended responses, we don't just sit on that information. We send it on to uh, other individuals we think need to see it. Yeah, and the commission has three more meetings scheduled, so we're hopeful that you know there will be an opportunity to actually address uh, the commission and, and kind of say the things that are really impacting teachers because we continue to hear from members that salary is important, but there are other things such as leadership in their districts um, or um, discipline issues. I, I know that was a large um, issue when we did our last survey on kind of recruitment or retention was, was, was discipline within their district and, uh, and the needs of their community. So. Uh, I think those are important things that we can take and contribute to that commission if they're willing to, to, to really open up and hear it. I, I, we will be keeping members posted if there are other things that come from the commission throughout the summer and of course into the fall. Um, as we hear more information, we'll make sure that we share that information. Is there anything else you wanna say before we, we wrap things up? I just look forward to seeing everyone at leadership. Um, and It's soon. It's coming soon, very soon, less than a month away, we'll be at leadership. That's right. And uh, I appreciate you selecting me for the first. Well, I feel bad. He's in, he's here in a suit, everyone. And, and you don't know that because he thought it was video. I'm, I'm kidding. He didn't. I wouldn't do that to you. I would be kind of funny. But no, thank you, Matt. I appreciate you being on the first ever back, uh, back, got the band back together for MSTA Presents. You know, moving forward, this won't be just a legislative podcast. We're going to talk about the business of education. We'll do some professional learning. In fact, next week might be a professional learning uh, podcast, uh, trying to reintroduce some of the things that you may not have heard um, throughout the, the year. But if you, uh, if you subscribe to this podcast, then as the RSS feed gets updated, you'll get the information uh, in whatever app or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. And so you can decide if you want to listen that week or not. But we're going to try to be as consistent as we can on a weekly basis. So first ever. Thanks, Matt. Well, it's important to have goals, Todd. And yeah. so I'm already going to put out there that one of my goals is to be the first repeat guest on the podcast. Well, I figure you probably be back sometime in August to talk about uh, midterm or not midterm elections, but primary elections. So for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, I appreciate Todd. it. And uh, listen and, and look for new episodes uh, in the coming weeks. Thanks everyone for listening today. And uh, I hope you're enjoying your summer.